Ladies and gentlemen, it is the TomBernardShow.com with Catherine Brandt, Alex Brandt-Bernard, Andy Brandt-Bernard, Ralph W. Basham, M.D., Lou Del Monte, and Mishki, and Mishki, and Molina. I we got a Mishki and a Molina in the same booth. Well, but we yeah. don't have enough chairs. There's an odd well, buzz. Well, you can roll. No, there isn't. That's a fan sound. Oh, it's a fan, yeah. Really? You'll be fine. Hmm. I am holding the book in my hand. Oh, by the way, I Do you I, have I a fan a in your book to keep it cool? <clears throat> oh, that helps. The thing's going to go. Some cooling. Yesterday, Louis. Should I call you Louis or Lou? Lou. Lou Del Monte. But then it sounds like you like a collector for the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, Lou Del Monte's here. Ooh, that's not good. Okay. Lou the Chin. <laughs> Lou the Chin's here. But it's Lou from Minnetonka. It doesn't have the same weight. No New York ties. Yeah. Well, you see, you got a Del Monte and a Molina. Uh oh. Mike Molina's here. Nice Italian boy. So we got that covered. Bella. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, my, I was just going to discuss my, my my career just very quickly with it because we're going to interview Lou Del Monte about the artificial intelligence revolution. Will artificial intelligence service or replace us? Uh, his book went to number one. What do you think of that action? Yesterday I interviewed Daryl Brown. Now, if that name does not sound familiar, Mishki, you know who Daryl Brown is? Do not. Why didn't you bring your reading glasses? You didn't know what I they would be reading. I have a bunch of eye diseases. They don't work. Okay, let me put these over here. <laughs> oh, they're not infectious diseases. No, you don't have to oh, worry. Good. He doesn't have pink eye. Mike, aren't you going to need a chair? Uh, You're all right? Yeah. Okay, well, I just want He's you to be bouncer. comfortable. I just want you to be comfortable. Uh, I interviewed Daryl Brown yesterday and had a ball interviewing him. Daryl Brown is the son of James Brown. Wow. The R&B singer. Oh, yeah. The godfather of soul. So going from interviewing Daryl Brown to interviewing you, it just shows just the broad spectrum, the broad scope. That's where I like to use the word breadth. The breadth. 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 <laughs> it's not a very common it, word these days. It it's a toughie. Really. I don't like saying it. Uh-huh. Breadth. You know, it's interesting. We're, we're artificial intelligence. Uh, Catherine and I watch a lot of shows on the Science Network and the Nat Geo and on the History Channel and this. And uh, They're talking about now that, that uh, artificial limbs can be operated by thinking about moving yeah. muscle. I mean, it's just amazing how far they've come with this. In Japan, they've developed a pair of artif- artificial they're kind of like braces, mm-hmm. but they actually make your legs, which do not operate any longer, they make your legs now work. I just kind of – so it's not really – it is your legs moving the braces, but it's because of the braces that your legs can move. This is for but what, here's, quadriplegics, not just the lazy. Well, paraplegics. But here's the freakish thing. Not just the lazy. <laughs> yes, Catherine. It's for lazy people. That's my wife there, Lou. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> But here's the freakish thing. Mm-hmm. I was talking while you were out during the break about the Japanese robots. Oh, and yeah. he made the point that they're still not, quote unquote, intelligent. They're able to right. do a task that they're assigned right. to do. But intelligence, and I think you can elaborate on this, is <clears throat> that's a whole different ball game. That's yeah. when we're getting dangerously close to a machine doing what we do. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the point of the book is it's a warning. Good. Okay, so uh, to this point, uh, they've been making uh, various judgments as to when will we get to the intelligence level of a human 
and then when will we exceed that? And the intelligence level of a human, the best judgment is about 25, 2025 to 2030. That will be at that point. Okay. Okay. Exceeding that, they call it the singularity, which means that we will have exceeded not just the intelligence of one human, but the combined intelligence of all the humans on the face of the planet. And that is uh, projected to occur between 2040 and 2045. That'll be dead, thank God. Now, listen, listen to this, though. <laughs> is this bizarre? 2025 is 11 years away. It's only 11 years away, right? What 11 is, years away, yeah. we could be at the point where a, a mechanical piece of machinery knows as much as any human. That's correct. Now, and acts very similar to a human. It actually has uh, what they call effective computing, which means that it has feelings that it'll empathize with you. It'll say, well, you know, you look sad today. You're having a bad day. So that's projected to occur between 2025 and 2030. But exceeding the intelligence of the combined human race is uh, projected to occur, to occur between 2040 and 2045. And it's called the singularity because it's never happened before. It's a yeah. one-time event. Right, right. And the, the, the concern that I'm raising in the book is, what will these intelligent machines, how will they view us? Well, I'm going to ask you a question about that. We're going to take a very quick break here. What's the agenda? Everyone has one. Everyday media and business analyst Blois Olson hosts a daily agenda, an inside look at politics, business, and life. Olson pokes and prods opinion leaders to gain a deeper perspective about how the world really works and what the agenda of power brokers and media really is. The Daily Agenda podcast every weekday live from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network. Every morning, the Daily Agenda brings you insider's insight on who's pulling the levers of power and what's the strategy and motivation of the politicians, the business leaders, and the people who run this town. Blois Olson, The Daily Agenda, every day at 10 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network. Doggy, what's new at Walzer? I was reading this article in Edmonds about car shopping. Take a look. Okay. Americans hate car shopping so much they'd rather give up sex and do taxes. Yeah, it gets better. What's ridiculous, though, is just how many people hate the haggle. One in five said they'd willingly give up sex for a month rather than haggle for a new car. Another 44% said they'd be willing to give up Facebook. Read on, sir, Tom. Even more worrying, though, are the number of people that would simply prefer to avoid the car buying experience altogether. One in three people surveyed said they'd rather do taxes, go to the DMV, or sit in an airplane's middle seat. Tom, this is the reason that Walzer does business differently. We've been hassle and haggle-free for over 10 years, and people love it. Great pricing online, in the store, every single car, every single day. And you don't have to give up Facebook? Nope. In fact, I'd like you to read our new slogan from our brand new marketing department. Okay. <clears throat> Here goes. Don't give up sex. Buy from Walzer and save the haggling for home. What do you think? Slight improvement over the old marketing department. Ladies and gentlemen, the artificial intelligence revolution, will artificial intelligence serve us or replace us? Lou A. Well, actually, in the book, it says Louis A. Del Monte, so I want to get the author's name right. We'll, we'll talk to him as Lou, but it's Louis A. Del Monte uh, on the book. We've been talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, Mishki's been talking about computers teaching other computers. Therefore, they get smarter than those smarter computers teach yet another bank of computers. They get smarter. Um it's funny because I was reading – we were on vacation about a week and a half ago, and I was reading the short stories of F. Scott Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And uh, talk, there's some talk in the book about social construction of identity. 
which is going on in America now like never before. How how will self-esteem enter into artificial intelligence? Is it I mean obviously they're not going to be raised by anybody. Yeah. So this but whole self-esteem issue is it just going to go away? Well, we're really talking about self-consciousness when you get right. into mm-hmm. self-esteem. Right. And uh, the question, it's a very good question. The question is, how much feeling, how much intelligence are we talking about? For example, if we had all this, all the, not, there's a difference between intelligence and emotion, okay? Right. And if we had the machines be totally uh, what they call effective computing, mm-hmm. totally capable as a human, then you then you would get into every issue that you get into with humans. That's what scares me. And that's what it's that's terrifying. one of the concerns is that the machines and there are experiments that show this that without being programmed, that machines uh, actually learn self preservation all by themselves. Uh, Nobody had to teach them. That's not good. <laughs> See, one of the problems I have right now is we're talking about. Uh, around the world, well, I shouldn't say around the world, in many parts of the world, and certainly in the United States, about equality, that we're all equal. But what uh, what comes along with that is self-esteem issues about religion, about race, about sexual orientation, about gender. And we've gotten to a point now where it's been decided that my self-esteem is your problem. And I, that, I'm very uncomfortable with that, that if you disagree with anything I say, it's, it's because I'm this, that, or the other thing. It's not because I'm a human being. It's not because I'm Tom. You are criticizing me because of this one thing. I think that's a huge problem. I really do. Because now I'm responsible because you have low self-esteem. I'm the one responsible to prop you up. That's, that's your job. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> that scares me even more here. Because well, wouldn't you have to program that into a computer to worry about things like that? We're really talking about consciousness. Right. And there's truly no scientific definition of consciousness. That's the problem, yeah. And basically what some of the researchers believe is that if you put enough of what they call uh, uh, intelligent systems, smart systems together, that if you build enough of them, to the point where they can conceptualize like a human being does, right. then the machine will gain uh, uh, consciousness. And people have asked, well, how would you prove that? And the best test we have was proposed in the 1950s by Alan Turing. He was a pioneer in the field. It's called the Turing test. And it's if we could carry on a conversation like you and I are doing mm-hmm. and that someone in the next room, not familiar with your voice or mine, if you were a machine and I were a human, for example, right. couldn't tell the difference, then they'd say, for all practical purposes, you're conscious. Yeah, that's very good. I don't want to throw a wild wrench into this, but you must be aware that there are quantum physicists who believe there's a difference between the mind and consciousness. Yeah. It, here's, the, here's the question. Uh, if you look at, uh, for example, one of the top researchers in the field, Ray Kurzweil, He's trying to emulate consciousness by emulating the human brain. All right. Now, that's one approach. Today's computers don't typically have that approach. They have a bank of hardware that, that saves storage, another bank where they do processing, etc. 
Now, if you look at, I'm going to make an analogy between birds and today's aircraft. Birds, which, you know, were the first animals to fly, etc., and bats, their physiology is irrelevant to today's aircraft. Right. So do you really need to build a machine that's, say, a neural network, which would emulate the human brain? Do you really need to build a machine like that to have consciousness? The answer may be no, because there have been some experiments in 2009, for example, uh, where machines actually learned deceit to lie to one another. They weren't programmed to do that. And they learn. So hold on. You're saying that <laughs> you're saying that they evolve. That's correct. You're saying that they, machines go through evolution that, on their own. That's right. Oh, and they yeah. learned the experiments in the book. And basically, I could take. I can give you a quick reference to it, but it it, it took place at like um, the Laboratory of Intelligence <laughs> Systems, like that, Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lucerne. Now, the machines were supposed to cooperate. The robots were supposed to cooperate. That's what they were programmed to do. And they were supposed to find a beneficial resource, and everybody was supposed to partake. Okay. When they found a beneficial resource, they lit a light, and all the other robots would come there. Well, they found that the machines started to not like that. because what, So what they would do is they'd actually go to a harmful resource, light a light there, when those machines went to the robots, went to the harmful resource, the robot would go to the beneficial one. So they learned deceit, deceit. all by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the, and that was done in 2009, that experiment. Is uh, that deceit or is it like common sense, what we'd call wow. common sense? Yeah, humans sense. do that all it's the time. A, it's a level of, uh, it's a rudimentary level of lying. I okay. gained Of by common sense, uh, you know. If, if we were humans trying to survive uh, as the early humans and even today we cooperate with one another because it's in our best interest right those robots were never programmed to do anything but cooperate <laughs> and they learn by themselves without any help so but here's the here's the here's the upside 2025 if we continue to allow this work to be done it's highly unlikely there will be many deadly diseases on planet Earth. Yeah, that's the big lure is that, as Tom was talking about and, and you were talking about, that uh, artificial intelligence is making remarkable breakthroughs in medical areas and that people with prosthetic limbs now can get it hooked into their nervous system and, and it'll move as well as their arm did. That's the lure is immortality. That's what they're going to offer. Not necessary immortality, the end of a great deal of suffering. If there were no cancer on planet Earth, it, it's not about immortality, but it's about a lot less suffering. It, that's true, but it will approach. The big lure will be uh, we can replace just about everything. Every organ. And give you brain implants that will mm -hmm. make you more intelligent. You'll be able to communicate with us directly, etc. You got one on you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about somebody I know. Thank God he wasn't looking at me. <laughs> I was a little worried. See, I, I find this conversation just to be tremendously fascinating because of the huge upside and the huge downside. It's, uh, it's, That's it's it, wonderful. Tom. Well, yeah, because if an, if an AI can get self-preservation 
Yeah. What would be the point of having people that could possibly unplug them or undo it? Well, humans it have self-preservation. You're right, but you're right on. I know. That's what uh, I'm saying. You know, basically, you look at the human species, okay? And Kurzweil's view, he's one of the leading researchers, is they're going to be grateful to us. Mm. And, and then so you look at the human species and you say, uh, well, this is a warlike species. We have wars. We have enough nuclear weapons to wipe out the world twice over. Uh, we're, we're not a predictable species. And our wars, and we do computer viruses, which would be very dangerous to them. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah, right. for malicious purposes. Mm-hmm. And so the basic issue, they would look at the human, human race and say, you know, even though they gave us a, a life, so to speak, right. to use our word, um, they're, a, they're a threat. Even to themselves. Sure. You know, so they're a threat to us. So in the late, the end of the, the this century, the beginning of the next century, they will have converted most of humankind into cyborgs. Because if somebody says, look, uh, you have a bad heart, we'll give you a brand new one, and you'll live another 25 years, sometimes you'll do it. Lou, behind that computer down at the end of this table is my son, Andy. He's a cyborg. My <laughs> son, Andy, told me. Well, actually, uh, you are... The closest thing to a cyborg in the room. Let's try to have a half artificial knee. Half artificial knee. Your part machine. machine. You will love this about Andy. Just what you were talking about, Lou. Andy, about six months ago, said to me, Dad, you do realize that in the near future, they'll be able to take a human's essence and put it into a machine. And then this and next that essence will live from Yes, it that's, did. That's an uploaded human. An uploaded human. Yeah. We'll put your essence into yep. a, a machine and you will then live forever. Of course, you won't live long enough to see that. Yeah. That's exactly what you said. It is. Well, that's the, yes, that's the, uh, the hope that uh, people that are having their heads frozen or clinging yeah, to yeah, and all yeah. that. But, Ted Williams. but fundamentally, ask yourself this question. Uh, in the late 21st century, early 22nd century, why would a machine keep your code running? It takes energy. Yeah, yeah. And so what do they get out of it? No, that's good. You know, what, if, what if it turned out that their great <clears throat> gift, these machines' great gift was more empathy than human beings had, more intelligence in terms of how to run a planet than human beings have? Maybe at a certain point they ought to replace us. Yeah, that that argument is that it's our natural evolution to become machines, and for them to then take over the Earth. If they're better, if they're smarter, if they're kinder. A machine planet. Just think of a bunch of sweet, kind, loving machines. (laughs) Running the world. The Mischief machine. I'd fit right in. No one would know. No one would know that you're a cyborg. Okay, reproduction. Like what? Ooh, that's a good question. In 2045... That generation of machines will develop the next generation, and make bigger. Them. And we will under, organic humans like you and I won't even understand what they're doing. That's how advanced it'll be. If you want, just... if you want an example of reproduction today, look at computer viruses. They reproduce all by themselves. They spread throughout the world, and look at what they do to your machine. Well, yeah. So people are just going to like, but people will continue to reproduce. Yeah, until the machines – see, what I think is going to happen in, 20, in the late 21st century is that machines will lure us with the, the uh, whole idea of immortality into becoming cyborgs. 
So we shouldn't say okay. Well, we say okay to a <laughs> knee. We say okay to a hip. At, a, at the point they want our brain, we say, I mean, even if they have a better brain, yeah. we have Alzheimer's. What if they don't ask anymore? <laughs> hey, they're, they're doing brain implants now. So this is not. Uh, yeah. If, if you look at Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. they're doing implants for Parkinson's disease. They're doing implants for clinical depression. They're finding now ways of doing implants for people that have had strokes and they're repairing that area. So the beginning of brain implants is happening right now. And we humans are taking it as quickly as it comes. We love it. We can't get enough of it. And the whole lure of immortality, if you extrapolate, do the numbers, extrapolate it out, most of the human race will become cyborgs. My wife said it was okay to mention that she's part cyborg today mm-hmm. that my wife my <laughs> mine is too my wife has uh, artificial parts in her she has uh, mm-hmm. tubes that uh, uh, replaced veins that were clogged okay right, so right. those are artificial parts people who have pacemakers yeah. have artificial intelligence none in of the, body. none of those pieces none of them take away our humanity until That's you correct. get to the brain That's right. right when you get to the brain and the machine then <clears throat> It is talking directly to you. Are you going to identify more with the machine or more with the human race? The, my belief is that with sufficiently advanced brain implants where they're actually uh, able to communicate directly with the machines, they'll identify with the machines. All right, let me ask you, Tom. Yes, sir. If the machines get so advanced that you can no longer tell the difference between them and a human being, then what is the difference? But I can tell the difference right now. No. You have to remember, from my viewpoint... That's not what I'm asking. When there's no fire. difference, who cares? Well, no, I, I agree with you on that, except for one thing. Uh, spiral dynamics states that about 70% of the human race is so stupid they can't function on their own. It's a fact, right? They can't function beyond the level yeah. of a 12-year-old. Yeah. I personally would welcome it. I'd have someone to talk to. Tom. <laughs> I'm just kidding about it. Hey, part of my job is a joke around. Well, the problem is, uh, what, I mean, well, the way you'd be able to tell is they wouldn't be Googling anything. They'd already know it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and we wouldn't. And no. the lottery, forget the lottery. You'd yeah. never win. Yeah. Well, organic Cubans would literally stand no chance. No, absolutely. As we are today, without brain implants, what have you, we would stand no chance against, it would be, in the book, I use the analogy of a 10-year year old just learning to play chess playing a grandmaster that's the chance we would stand so what i'm advocating i didn't write it to scare everyone what i'm advocating is we need regulation on this there's a lot of good in it Mm -hmm. yeah there is but potentially there's the dark side michael bryant brad sean bryant what's the latest Ah, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are 
You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Uh, Alex has got a question. Population control. Because if you have immortality, nobody's going away and you're just adding more and more. Pollution you're talking about. But I'm just saying, like, Resources. we think, that, yeah, and it's like we think we have a population issue in areas now. of the world now. Yeah. But if nobody's dying, you know, that's a good question, Lou. It, so this artificial intelligence all of a sudden detects there are these particulates in the air that come from humans that are killing one another off. I mean, will they just take the increase the number of particulates and just kill off the human race? Uh, they they'd have so many options. It's not going to be a Terminator scenario. You're well, not going to see. You're not going to see humans fighting. You know these cyborgs Arnold and tanks. And, no, basically they're too intelligent for that. What what you'll see is, uh, for example, they they could release a picobot virus, right. small robots that would infect organic humans, and that would be the end of the human race. Uh, in the 22nd century, <coughs> even the cyborgs, they'd say, look, why do we need this half human or one-third human and two-thirds machine? We can build better ones, you know, to your point yeah. where you said, hey, these machines are they're, they're better. Right. We can build better ones. I, I'm saying, look, if you, if you look at it, what I believe realistically and extrapolate it out, that we have a lot of good to harvest out of, out of artificial intelligence, but we have to put controls in place very similar to the kinds of controls we have on 
biological weapons. We have very good controls of all the treaties. That one is held up about the best. And that's because if you release a biological weapon, yeah, it could come back, could come you. back at mm-hmm. you. So it's only common sense. Don't release one. Right. <laughs> right. And so I'm looking at it from the standpoint of a scientist saying, look, uh, we're going down this path really merrily, fast. It's doubling every 18 months. That's the progression. So, you know, in five years, it doubles by a factor of eight. In seven years, a factor of 16 from where you were. So what I'm saying, look, while we're on top (laughs) as humans, (laughs) but we have the upper hand, let's take advantage of it and put controls in place. Do you have another 20 minutes? I certainly do. Your 10 minutes has kind of exploded on you. Oh, it's okay, <laughs> Your 10-minute interview. And Dr. Basham, you as one of the great cyborg builders of all time, <laughs> mainly breast implants. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I want to hear when your it, input when... on this because, it, uh, in a way, it's what you do, uh, building cyborgs. <clears throat> Intelligent breasts he yeah. builds? Yes, he does. Hmm. Smart breasts. I'm just talking about, this. I'm just talking about the cyborg no. part. The more you use your smartphone and tablet, the more junk that accumulates browsing history, unnecessary cachet, unused apps, all eat away at your already limited space and slows your phone down, introducing AVG Cleaner, the quick and easy way to clean your Android for more space, longer battery life, and faster performance. It's available right now on Google Play for free. Free doesn't mean watered down. Either it comes from the creators of the number one downloaded free antivirus on Google Play with over 100 million downloads. When you launch AVG Cleaner, you get a simple screen showing how much space is left on your phone and how much you can get back. It does three things well. First, AVG Cleaner frees up space to give you more room for the things you love. Second, it helps give you a longer battery life. Third, AVG Cleaner can run automatically. Download AVG Cleaner right now, absolutely free. Just go to Google Play and search AVG Cleaner. That's A-V-G Cleaner. I have a good reason to be talking today to Mike Bryant of the law firm of Bradshaw and Bryant. Other than I'm one of the nicest people you know. Well, that too. Now, today I need some legal advice. I'll do my best. We always do our best for all of our clients. Okay, here's my problem. I think I have a liable case for you to handle. Okay, give me the facts. Okay, the facts are I've been accused of being a bigoted, racist asshole. Okay. I think a jury would be convinced, based on your statement, that there is no place for racism, that you hired the first black co-host for a radio show in the market, and that you grew up in North Minneapolis, that you couldn't, by any stretch of the imagination, be guilty of racism. Well, thank you for that. Easy money for Bradshaw and Bryant. The facts show the person was uttering the canard, was libe- had libeled you, defamed you, and damaged your reputation. And he also called me an asshole. What can you do for me there? Honestly? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, in libel, truth is an affirmative defense. You mean if I am an asshole and he calls me an asshole, I have no complaint? I'm just saying. Really nice to have Michael Bryan on the show calling me names. That's, that's a wonderful position <laughs> well, to be in. No question about it. Talent rolls. Louis Del Monte on the book. Uh, Lou is in studio. We're talking artificial intelligence. His book is number one on Amazon. By the way, congratulations on that. That is a serious accomplishment. I appreciate it. It's in the. Uh, it was number one for the week of July fifth, uh, uh-huh. and for for most of that week uh, today, it's the book is in the. 40-ish range, number 40, and uh, in artificial intelligence, and the uh, 
the Kindle, which is very popular, was in, oh, yeah. in the teens. So it, it was doing very well. That's fantastic. It's still doing well. I think one day we're actually going to go to war against Kindles. They'll be so damn, <laughs> so damn smart. It'll be telling you what to read. Well, that's what Mishy. Google is. That's what Google is doing. Is they're trying to figure out how to put meaning into search, not just words. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. Absolutely. But give you meaning. So that's why they hired uh, Mr. Kurzweil. That's, by the way, rather scary. Yes. What what Google knows about you, you might not even know about. You. Oh, I think you're absolutely right about that. They know more about me than there, I do. There's one thing about this brain. Uh, I said, you know, you take a body part, you take a knee, you take a heart. It's when you, you get breast. to the brain that it gets weird. And <laughs> yet, we're all living longer than we've ever lived before. And if it becomes commonplace to live to 90, right now. One out of two people at 85 years of age get Alzheimer's. One out of two people, their brains will become toast. That's an astonishingly high percent. If an artificial brain part could come along to replace the part of the brain that is rotting away, I would be all for it. Me too. But let's, yeah. let's the only thing that we have to be on guard is that at some point we don't turn everything over to the machines. Right. Where they're now the top species, yeah. we're the endangered species. Right. And who's calling the shots? You know, I'm for the medical advances. I think that's the big lure. Yeah. Going to be the medical advances. I'm for that. Uh, warfare has the whole picture of warfare. One out of, out of every three fighter planes is a drone. Right. Okay. Right. So you, you've got an artificially intelligent machine up there with a pilot playing with the turret sticks. The pilot could be in Oklahoma, and he's fighting in Afghanistan. Uh -huh. Okay, so one out of every three warplanes is a drone. I'm for, generally, the benefits of artificial intelligence. What I'm not for is the extinction of the human race. <laughs> yeah, I'm anti that, too. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and join you there. <laughs> how, how do you feel about the extinction of the human race, Tom? I'm just trying to get the dogs to stop fighting. <laughs> yeah, they're going to tell you. Got, Mom, we're talking we'll take... about the book, The Artificial Intelligence Revolution. Will artificial intelligence save us? Uh, or service, excuse me, or replace us? Um, Louis A. Del Monte, the author's name. We're talking to him as a Lou today. I'm reading a commercial live for AVG Cleaner. The whole time I'm reading the commercial, I'm hearing, Birch. <laughs> She only said it once. No, she said, said it, it twice. Once. She said it twice. And then I hear in the background Jude squeaking a squeaky toy <laughs> while you two were talking about this very high level, you have a high level conversation going, and Jude's in the background going, <laughs> this is going to bring it home for everybody. Which I think is a good thing. What do I think of what now? Well, no, the extinction of the human race, I oh, yeah, agree. Yeah, but there is sort of this. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of, of the nuclear business. Once the cat's out of the bag, once once you have the nuclear knowledge, do you really ever go to bed at night saying, well, we're controlling that nicely? Yeah. No, you don't. If we get to the uh, what's called the singularity 2045, if we get to that point without controls, the ball game is over for us. Right. You know, it'll play out. What I'm suggesting and what I'm proposing is that we look at this as a human race problem. This is not a U.S. problem. You know, we in the U.S. think we're the most advanced technologically. Right. Well, if you look at where the biggest supercomputer is, it's in China. They have one twice as capable as our best supercomputer. So this is a worldwide issue we're looking at. Mm -hmm. 
So the bottom line is we have to address this the same way we address biological weapons as a human race problem. So we could put a fail-safe if they That's right. decided... Hardware. Yeah. Not, not Asimov's three laws. That won't work, you know, because they'll, they'll, those laws won't work any better than laws for human beings. We mm-hmm. have lots of laws about what you can do and not do, and people break them all the time. You need hardware in place that, we, that they can't harm a human being, that they can't do anything that would endanger our species, and that we have a way to pull the plug if we, if we need to. Yeah, Directive that, four? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Robot it doesn't make any sense that that could happen because if they're going to become if – if we get to the singularity and if we get to the point where they design themselves, they're going to design that out of them because That's we're not going to understand what's going on as That's, it is. You know, they're gonna, you know, we're going to ask these – we're going to ask these uh, computers, we're going to ask this artificial intelligence, I want you to cure this disease. <clears throat> so they're going to cure that. I want you to cure cancer. They're going to cure that. And then they're going to cure all these things. Then they're going to start looking at us and say, we're just another disease. Well, that's, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's we're just another right. disease. I agree with it's you. It's another disease and they're just going to – If we don't control it before we get to the singularity – Well, I don't know how you can control I, well, without I think, not without not having it we we controlled biological weapons okay so and we far. had them so far right <laughs> so, that's so true. far well that you know that's the case that's been said many times so far that's the case but most nations recognize that we really can't control biological weapons if we let the genie out of the bottle it could come back and get us right. well we have the same problem no, there's no serious legislation in place right now. There's not even discussion, serious legislation being discussed that would limit how intelligent we allow these machines to become. And every 18 months, it doubles. It's just been going down that path. You know, I find it fascinating that I was born in 1951. So I find it fascinating that in the 50s and the 60s, this was entertainment. Yeah. The Twilight Zone, <laughs> The Outer Limits, yeah. right. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. science fiction. Science fiction, yeah. and it was fascinating, and it was fun to watch. But now it's getting closer and closer, it's and it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. It, it is hard to believe that we that these advances are looming because, I mean, my cell phone pretty much sucks most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Things are crashing constantly. Well, that's true. hard to believe that we're getting that close. Well, my question is, why do we assume some sort of like cold malice when we've got three dogs here in the room one human is as smart as the combined intelligence of all dogs but we don't declare war on them that's where yeah you're talking about that that like why would the element. why wouldn't the machines just basically treat us as you know we're Pets? we're lower <laughs> beings but they're not going to you know harm us or anything I, my view is and it's a viewpoint my view is that the true currency of the universe is energy. Yeah. It's nothing else. Right. And that they would look at the humans that were uploaded and say, well, this is junk code. Why do I have to, you know, why do I have to spend energy on this? Why do I have to spend energy keeping cyborgs running and running around? And that I can make better robots in my own factories. You know, so I think it's going to come down to just a calculation that we become uh, a hindrance. What if, what if uh, it's a natural process? You alluded to this earlier. It's a natural process. So say within my lifetime they develop a brain. It looks exactly like a human brain. It's made of the same material. We create it in a laboratory and we insert it into somebody. At that point, if it happens incrementally, 
with these different parts replaced, at what point is it really any different? If the like brain being inserted is the same as a human brain, except instead of being made the old-fashioned way, it's made in a lab, what, tell me in your own philosophical view, what's the difference? I think basically they're going to say, why do we need to placate humans? No, what I'm saying is, why do we care at the point that you can hardly tell the difference anyway? They're going to they're, go ahead. So, what, if you say, well, there's two guys left on Earth who have no artificial parts, well, who cares if those two guys are gone? I mean, when they die, is that reason for great mourning? Well, let's start with: Do we want the human race to exist as a as a species? And I think your answer is we want them to for the sake of its humanity. Just, just for the sake of humanity. Yes, because but, we are and and uh, well, self preservation. But it gets down to what is a human? I mean, right now, what a human <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, it's all these different parts we have put together. If a computer puts all these same parts together, what is the difference? It's you can if you say it's equivalent from an intelligence viewpoint. And that's likely to happen without if, – if there's no legislation, it's likely to go incrementally in that direction. Then some of the researchers are saying there is no difference, that whether it's biological or whether it's silicon hardware or atomic computers, et cetera, whatever the next generations are, that there is no difference. And they argue that it's a life form, that it's a new life form. And the concern that I'm raising in the book is – uh, what life form do you want to ex- to uh, exist? It may come down to uh, the, the the earlier question about the population and what have you. That we're going to compete for resources, and they may say, "Look, we want them. We're the intelligent species." So the reason why I care is I'm an organic human, and I want everything that they can give me that would help. You, you know? sound a little biased as a human. <laughs> There's Why do you hate cyborgs so There's much? Great <laughs> no. the, the, the subject is, is tremendous. You know, it's funny. As I go along in life, I learn more and more about humans every day, and I didn't think I could. You think you get to a point when you're like 16, you think you know everything, and then at 21, and then at 30, and then you realize you don't know everything. You're never going to know everything. So from, from, let's say, 40 on, you begin to realize things about other people. Um, we realized September... Uh, 11th, 2001, that 3,000 innocent people would be massacred for no reason whatsoever. It had nothing to do with anything just to make a statement about uh, the, the almighty dollar, basically, was to try to crush our financial life. And I, I was stunned by that. Uh, the recording of my show that morning is up on, in the, it's in the Smithsonian Institute, as a matter of fact. I got, that was quite an honor. But I, I still, and this, the Malaysian uh, uh, airliner that was shot out of the sky. I can't comprehend how human beings can be that horrible to one another. To kill 298 innocent people, what what's going to become of that? You know, when when 3,000 innocent people are, are massacred, when 298 people. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. 
Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. People are killed. Had nothing to do with this Ukraine-Russian battle that's going on. Had nothing to do with it. How did human beings get to the point where it didn't matter? Or have we always been that way? And will that continue on in artificial intelligence? Is there any use for that in artificial malice? intelligence? Well, th- well, it's not really even malice. <clears throat> These people are innocent. It's malice. It's malice. All right. Well, it's, it's, there, there are certain fractures of humans that think one way and, mm-hmm. and um, try to uh, persevere and put their will on you and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think uh, from the experiments that I've seen, that once they eliminate humans, machines themselves will compete. Well, that's I, that was my question exactly. Yeah. Will that show yeah. up in artificial that's what, intelligence? Well, it showed up in an experiment uh. in Lusain that uh, these uh, artificial intelligent machines started uh, lying and deceit. Right. They learned that all by themselves. Right. And now you have to think. Well, that was 2009. We're in. We're in. Uh, <laughs> 2014. So they're five times better than they were then. So, uh, is uh, are they going to compete for resources? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and and the smarter machines will will uh, weed out the weaker ones, mm-hmm. and the planet could become a machine planet. You know, so, we always think of aliens, the great beings that are going to be three feet tall and they're going to land and what have you. Actually, they might be machines. Right. <laughs> it could no, have already absolutely. happened. And that's very true. So, so you do think. That 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 uh, particular well, I suppose the fact that, that that deceit was one of the first things to show up in these experiments. That's crazy. It just proves that it's going to continue forever, whether it's human beings or machines. Yeah, that the that the mindset is there, Ugh. and that you don't have to program it. Actually, no, that's, it, it that's went scary. into it went into hoarding. See, it wasn't mm-hmm. only deceit, but now they started hoarding. So you could say, well, is that implying self preservation? And some level of consciousness, and mm-hmm. I think you could say, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it does. Yeah, or, or it could be looked at. Deceit is uh, found in humans beginning at the age of three. Kids at three are already found to mm-hmm. be liars. It could be that the machines are at an early stage, mm-hmm. and they'll mature out of that. In a, in the same way, hoarding is also done by kids. You know, they don't they don't find a difference between their toy and them. You take their toy, and they take it personally. Later on in life, they mature. You can take their toy. I'm wondering if this isn't more indicative of mach- machines being just little babies right now, and when they're mature adults, they might be better. Yeah, I, I, I looked at that in the book, and I and said— shot it down. Well, <laughs> that's, that's basically it. I said, look, is it worth the chance to wait and see? No, I hear <laughs> you, you wanna, on that. Do you want to take that chance no, with I don't your, great, take your, chance. your uh, grandchildren no. and your great-grandchildren, etc.? No. Uh, Putting, putting controls on uh, and looking at it now while we're still the top species, I think is the right thing to do. And that's what I'm calling for. I can understand that. It's a fascinating subject. What I was going to do during your conversation, 
I was going to go, look, it's Haley's Comet, and then steal his book. <laughs> you have a book. He's going to hoard. I know I'm not hoard. getting your book now. I, I, I love the fact that Tommy Mischke was here when you came in today, Lou, because he yeah. – It was a pleasure had, to talk with him. This was he great. Tremendous things to add. Listen to the Love Happy Hour with Caitlin Rosenberg, the love architect, author, celebrity matchmaker, and renowned relationship expert, along with producer Kelly Guest, live every Friday at thelovehappyhour.com, on demand on iTunes or on YouTube, the Love Happy Hour weekly on the Tom Bernard Network. We'll be right back in about 60 seconds with more of the show. Oh, whoops. Talking Midwest fence. Chain link fence are kind of going by the wayside, and people want ornamental fences now. Correct. What do you got for that? We're carrying a product called Montage, which comes out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's uh, one of the largest producers of ornamental fence. I've toured their plant several times. It's a top-quality operation down there. I just put some in my own backyard to keep my dogs in. I got three-inch spacing, which keeps the little critters in um, and keeps some of the bigger critters out it's a it's a sharp looking fence i got bronze for my backyard the most popular color is black always in rml but the other thing you'll notice on the chain link fence when you're driving by and you see them black vinyl fences out there take a peek at them and see where that wire is on the top every midwest fence is flush with the top rail look at the competitors they got that chain link stretched over the top of the top rail it looks sloppy and messy if someone's listening to this right now and they're saying i want these guys to stop out and at least give me an estimate that cost anything no fee for an estimate estimates are free this is all good news man can't beat it you can't beat midwest fence midwestfence.com are you really ready for retirement do you know what that really means it's tom bernard here to talk to you about sandvold and associates financial services group did you know that there are 81 different ways to take social security if you're married did you know that you have a key opportunity at age 59 and a half to roll over your 401k to an ira while still working did you know that if you don't do certain things when you're age 70 and a half that there are costly tax implications when it comes to planning for retirement, there's a lot to know, and Terry Sandbolt is focused on helping people make sure that they are prepared to lead the life they'd like to when it's time to retire. Whether you want to travel, volunteer, leave a legacy for your loved ones, or a charity, Terry and his team at Sandbolt and Associates will help you organize those goals and manage your progress. Terry's been helping people to be really ready for retirement for over 27 years now. Call Sandbolt and Associates for a no-cost, no-obligation review or second opinion. Call 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Go online to helpmeterry.com. That's helpmeterry.com. We welcome Terry and his team to our Tom Bernard Podcast Network with his Money Talk show streaming live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Registered representative of and securities offered through Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC. Sandvold and Associates are independent of QCC. Sandvold and Associates and QCC do not provide tax and or legal advice, but will work with your attorney or independent tax or legal advisor. And finally, of course, the fine people at Smile Network, a $500 donation to the Smile Network will change a child's life forever. Go to SmileNetwork.org today to see the amazing stories of healing and relief. The Smile Network and sponsors like you have brought to children around the world. Change the world, change the future, change your life. SmileNetwork.org. Did Lewis. you want to say a little something about last night? What about last night? Oh, yeah. Night? Oh, Europe Sandbold Associates? Yes. I, I, I introduced Terry Sandoval last night at a uh, conference. Well, it was... A, it was a seminar. A seminar would be a better way to seminar. put it. I introduced Terry, and uh, the place was packed. Very, very nice people there. He did, he's a very, very bright guy. Kelly Guest was there. Of course, she's uh, here with Kaylin and with Terry on the uh, podcast network. But, yeah, very, it was fascinating stuff. 81 different ways to draw Social Security if you're married. 
Did you know that? There are 81 different ways to draw Social Security if you're married. Well, let's get on that. One of them. <laughs> you find just one. Well, you're nowhere near that old yet, so what are you going to do? That's what I'd like to know. The number one book on Amazon, ladies and gentlemen, The Artificial Intelligence Revolution. Will artificial intelligence serve us or replace us? Louis A. Del Monte, Lou, as we know him around here. <laughs> Uh, the book is available on Amazon. It's available Kindle. It's available everywhere. Paperback, yeah. Kindle and paperback. Kindle and paperback. Uh, and they could they could also get it through any bookstore. Are you doing appearances, signings? Um, I was offered three in Chicago, and I haven't decided whether I'm going to mm. do them. Good idea, actually. Yeah. Actually, I think I think it'd be terrific because uh, first of all, you're a very easy guy to talk to. Thank people you. would really like that. People at book signings, you know, uh, once in a while there'll, there'll be an author who maybe doesn't connect with people so well. Well, you don't have that problem. So uh, if I were you, I'd do it. I Thank think it would be good for book oh. sales and get out there, you know. Pound the pavement a little. Not- <laughs> or you could let technology sell the book for you. <laughs> Humans are not needed anymore. I have been using a lot of technology. Yeah. Lou, one thing, one thing that does. Well, the one thing that does disturb me about the things you've been saying is that you've been uh, you're very critical of the machines and everything, and the the really downfall of the human race isn't going to be what they do. But if you're a human and you criticize machines, you're going to be referred to as a machine racist. <laughs> And you, you know, are the, right you are our first machine racist, you know, and I, I just want you to know that, and I, you know, and I, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I know that some of the other liberal listeners might be uncomfortable with that sort of stuff. We can't have this. That reminds me, uh, you were asking Mishki about things that can't go on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I decided to look it up, and uh, there was racist, which makes sense, misogynistic, not sexist, misogynistic. And homophobic. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's, I'm responsible for your self-esteem. It's so weirdly specific. Like, why yeah. not sexist? Why the one gender? Because of what I said. Because now I'm responsible for your self-esteem because of who you think you are. You know what I said? I'm not saying that, that you just made it up. But you think that all I see is that one thing in you. It's your gender. It's your sexual orientation. It's your race. It's your religion. You think that all I see in you is that one thing. But that's based on your self-esteem. It has nothing to do with me. And, to, Andy, that's, that, uh, I'm glad you read that because they, the way they labeled it is very clear evidence of that. It's basically saying that women aren't capable of taking criticism but men that's are. Correct. That's correct. That or men are malicious and women aren't you could read it either way mm-hmm. and both are kind of you know not something you want to be implying especially as a giant company it's interesting to think about these machines breaking up into different categories so instead of us talking about artificial intelligence as one race of artificial intelligence there could be gangs there could be groups there like could it. be all sorts of divisions within the machinery itself yeah what you have today for example are smart agents so what you have in your car for your navigation system, that's a smart agent. Uh-huh. And all it does is give you directions. What they have in for the Da Vinci uh, surgical uh, the robot, robot mm-hmm. that's another smart agent. It's used by physicians to make very small incisions and do uh-huh. very precise kinds of work. So those are smart agents. And there could be, as I said, a competition for resources at some later point. But, you know, I, I was called a machine racist. I think I'm... <laughs> You are a machine racist. I, I think I'm an advocate 
for the human race. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I, that, oh well, boy, I'd that's rather, a twist. I'd rather, be, that's a I'd twist. rather be thought of as an advocate for the human race than the machine race. Yeah, the people in Idaho, they're advocates for the white race. Yeah, they're right. right. No, just the human race. <laughs> the human race. The artificial intelligence. Any other any final questions, Mr. Mishke? I'm looking forward to re- reading the book. i got a book to take home and read. I'll probably have a thousand after that. I didn't. I didn't read what it, what yours says. I think yours probably says, "What the hell's your deal, Michigan?" <laughs> Mine says, "You were the most interesting guy at the table." <laughs> yeah, so I can see that. I can see that to be true. Yeah, because you can see the uh, the robots that have to mine the materials to make the robots. They might be. They might only be yeah. so intelligent. You yeah. know, like like yes. a vacuum cleaner robot that you can buy today. All right. it does is vacuum your rug. Or I robot. You know. Or well, yeah. yeah, and the vacuum robots. They'll be the women. The, and of course, <laughs> of course. Okay. I'm Sorry, I, this is going to happen. There's going to be sex among these. You're going to you're going to have things. It's, they'll be they'll be. That's what that would gender. be. Gender. What if it they'll turns out that sex with these things is better than any human body has ever been able to produce? <laughs> then we're then doomed. We're toast. Humans are we're out toast. of here. We are toast. God. <laughs> yeah, we are toast. The author's name Louis A. Del Monte. Artificial intelligence revolution. Will artificial intelligence serve us or replace us? Uh, a lot of different viewpoints. A fascinating conversation, though. Thank you, Tom. And, and Tommy, I'm really glad you were here. Yeah, thanks Ralph, for I, I like the fact that you attacked him and tried to destroy. Well, I'm not destroying. I'm, 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 I'm just holding up the truth here. That's what I'm doing, <laughs> the truth. So, from Weird Al to. Yeah, from AI. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> that's true. Uh, from Weird Al Yankovic. To Lou. That was a hell of a show today. We had a dream. We had, I had a dream. I had a dream. It was magnificent. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Thank you.